All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to episode 12. Today we are talking about pre and post workout nutrition. If you are new to the Biohacker Babes podcast, we just wanted to do a quick little intro. I am Lauren. I am a Czech exercise coach, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and I'm also in a Broadway show. If you don't know, I'm in Wicked and I am here with my sister, Renee. Hey, yeah, it's Renee here. I'm a certified nutrition consultant with a master's degree in holistic nutrition. I'm also a Keon certified coach and a Czech holistic lifestyle coach. So welcome to the episode. Awesome. So if you have not tuned in yet, we would love if you went back and checked out our previous episodes. 
we started out this podcast is just trying to lay the foundation for what biohacking is and how it relates to all things health and fitness. So we're using our backgrounds in those two fields to present a very like uh, to the root, very basic fundamental approach to starting your fitness and health journey or to just upgrade and make it a little bit better than it already is. So thanks for tuning in. And as I said, we are talking about pre and post-workout nutrition. We've had so many questions about this. I think there's a lot of mystery, a lot of confusion surrounding this topic because it's super, super, super complex. So let's get into it. What is it? So we are trying to discover which foods to eat and then when to eat them that will best support your own fitness goals or your reasons for working out. And that is completely different for everyone. So just as an example, one person may be working out to lose weight and reduce body fat, but another person may be working out to relieve stress, increase endorphins, just have a good time, like find community. Um, there's a lot of different reasons. So that is, that's sort of the number one question you want to ask yourself when you are trying to figure out workout nutrition. Why are you doing it? I would say the second question to ask is how long are you working out for? Because this grossly affects your energy systems that are called upon for fuel. And when we're talking about fuel, we're then talking about food. And then lastly, I would ask, are you doing multiple workouts in a day? Are you really working towards some specific goal that requires two a day? Are you doing more than one just because you really like it for fun? Uh, that part doesn't really matter. The why doesn't, but we just need to know yes or no, are you doing multiple workouts in a day? Awesome. Great intro, Lauren. And I think I want to call you the fitness queen. It just came to me. You are the fitness oh. queen in my world. I go to you for everything fitness related. So that's wow. going to be great. What episode. an honor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that this is such an interesting topic and, you know, something that comes to mind when I think of like pre post-workout nutrition and like, I hear this a lot at my gym, you know, there's like these two camps of, you know, the, the people that are working out just so they can go eat like that pizza or ice cream Sunday after, like, that's the only reason they're there. Or there's like the other side where they're like, Oh my gosh, I just like killed myself for an hour. I worked really hard. I burned all these calories. Like the last thing I want to do is ruin that by eating something like pizza, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we can like kind of go after both groups and get them to optimize this, I think that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Nutrition surrounding your workout is highly personal, just like everything else in health and fitness, but we really need to tune into your unique goals and also look at your current state of health. For example, a fasted workout may not work for you if you have any hormone dysregulation, blood sugar dysregulation. And actually, I think a lot of people don't even know if this exists in their own body. So that's something to take note of and to look deeper into. But um, it's not going to be helpful to you if you're killing yourself in an hour-long cardio class, which I think is um, a pretty popular trend. So just an example there. But the point is everyone is different. And if you feel ever confused about what to eat, you are definitely not alone. We are constantly bombarded and inundated with opinions, trends, studies that say, eat this, don't eat that. And then just like an endless variety of supplements that are on the market. And, you know, it's hard to, to decipher which messages are positive or negative. And, um, you really have to do your own work and know your body so well to figure out what to listen to basically. So we're not listening to our bodies. And if you didn't hear our intuitive eating episode, 
go back and listen to that because that's really going to have a, a big correlation with what we're talking about today. But we want to start with talking about some of the, the basic biochemistry surrounding exercise in your body so you guys can have a foundation of knowledge about this stuff because we are not here to tell you what to eat. We can't do that because it's so bio-individual. And we're going to share our personal experiences today that we've had and what works for us, but that does not mean that you should go home and start doing that too. So we're going to give you some science, some background to hopefully empower you, of course, to be your own biohacker. That's always our goal. Do you have anything to add to that, Renee? Yeah. You, I mean, like you said, you definitely have to be your own biohacker with this. And I think the more that you know the foundation and the science of this and then really tune in and feel what's going on in your body, it's going to start come, to come natural to you. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole biohacking thing and the intuitive eating, you know, that definitely plays into the pre post workout nutrition. Um, and then just, you know, tracking your activity, doing all the biohacker stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I think no matter what your reasons for working out are, like we all have different goals, but I think overall, we all are looking for a positive effect on our bodies, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure we're all in tune with the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And that could even be, I don't know why this popped into my head, but like if you're a Hollywood actor and you have to gain a lot of weight for a movie, I guess that could, could be could be considered a positive effect on your body. Like you're doing it for a big role and for money and you probably have to put on weight and there's a healthy way to do that. So we're yeah. just trying to link your goals to your actions. I always thought that would be so cool to get hired in a role where you have to put on like 20 pounds of muscle mass or something. Not like one of the, <laughs> not one of the opposite roles where you have to gain like 50 pounds of fat. I, yeah. Oh gosh. Like some of the actors that have had to do that, um, was it Christian Bale where he, yeah. I don't remember what movie it was, but he had like a gut. I was like, oh, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'd be fun to like eat all the donuts in the world for a couple of months, but I don't want to deal with what comes after. That's Yeah. Does Hollywood pay for your personal trainer after they're done filming to get you back in shape? <laughs> I'm sure the finances are not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that kind of brings us into a little bit of why it makes you hotter. So, you know, obviously when we're in the gym, we're working on changing our body composition or maybe maintaining our body composition. So burning fat, building more muscle tissue, all of that's going to affect our composition overall. And maybe it's just to upgrade performance. There's so many benefits of exercise, right? Better mobility, better reaction time, more endorphins, better brain function. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Just going for like a 20 minute walk in the morning, we see better brain function. And then also better sleep, which, you know, we're passionate about that. So all of those are going to be upgraded performance things. Um, and then finally, just reaping the benefits of exercise. Exercise is typically hard, right? <laughs> That's why we're there. We're working really hard and then we're getting the benefits from that. But by adding in this good nutrition, you're just going to see like exponential benefits from that. So why not? Yeah. I love that. I think that's so great to introduce or just to remind people that there are other reasons to work out other than just changing your body. So thanks for reminding us. Cool. Okay. So we normally wait till later in the episode to talk about the debate controversies surrounding our current topic, but we thought we would start there today just because there's so much confusion. So we sort of whittled it down to three major myths surrounding pre and post-workout nutrition, and we're going to debunk them for you right now. So I think they're getting in the way of our gym efforts, and it's also adding to a decision overload and like who needs more decisions to make in their day. So here we go. Number one, Eating before a workout 
to fuel up. This is a myth. You do not necessarily have to fuel up pre, and we will get into the why surrounding that. Um, the second one that goes with this is the fueling window post-workout or feeling like you have to eat within 20 to 60 minutes post-workout to replenish those minerals, vitamins, amino acids, whatever you've lost during your workout. This is also a myth. And we'll get right, into because, in a minute, but go ahead. Right. Yeah. I think that myth maybe came about because a lot of the research that found that benefit, they left out a minor detail that most of those people were one, athletes, but two, they were in a fasted state when they worked out. So right. there's a big difference. If you're fasting pre-workout, then there is more benefit in that 20 to 60 minute post-workout window versus if you do fuel up before, there's not as much benefit. So, so interesting. Minor there's detail. So much, like minor detail. There's so much to know behind studies and we only hear like the last little bit. There's right. so much that's hidden and we don't know all of the variables that go into it. And that's such a major piece of information. So, okay. So yeah. let's just try to get out of your head that those are not essential. These are not necessary. You do not have to eat before and you do not have to eat after, but we do have to figure out what's going to work for your body. So maybe it's one or the other. Maybe it's sort of a combination of both. Um, we're going to figure out that piece of the puzzle for you. Uh, one more myth, Renee. Yeah. Carb loading. Um, and I, when I think of carb loading, I always think back to high school when our friends that like played soccer and football and stuff, they would do like this big spaghetti dinner Friday night. I didn't really understand that, but now I know it's just the carb loading theory. I was but, always so jealous of them because we, we didn't carb load before ballet. Like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> my spaghetti dinner. I think I had like a bag of carrots. That was my carb load. Like, <laughs> yeah, no spaghetti the day before a show. Um, yeah, but now like a lot of research is coming out, especially with the big like keto fat movement, you know, showing that especially these endurance athletes, even, you know, soccer players, marathon runners, they could potentially do better with a higher fat, lower carb diet. And if you are an endurance athlete and you want to know more about this, just because we're not going to spend an hour on it today, I highly recommend Mark Sisson's book, Primal Endurance. He really shows you the research and the science behind this. I mean, even Mark Sisson himself, you know, he was a marathon runner, a triathlete. He was doing all these intense things. And when he transitioned into ketogenic, he started performing better. So he's a great example. And a lot of people are now training with him just for that reason. So carb loading is not always the way to go. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about what happens to your body when you work out. This is a long list of things. If you want to get out your pen and paper, go for it. Um, number one, your body is going to utilize glucose and it's in the form of glycogen, which is like stored carbohydrates in your body. So whatever you ate the day before, night before, that's going to be your energy source. So you are burning through glycogen. That's number one. Number two, your body also is using ATP as an energy source, and this can't be directly replaced the way that glycogen and glucose can, but you can support its production through different supplements like CoQ10, creatine, B12, uh, even from foods that you eat, like protein, fats, and carbohydrates can all produce ATP. But something to note is that it restores itself within 24 hours, and actually both of those do, your ATP and glycogen naturally replace itself. So that is a number one sort of indicator that we're not so reliant on food. Just depends on what you're doing in the gym. Number three, cardio and weight training are very different and your body's going to respond differently. So 
uh, depending on what type of workout you're doing, you're probably gonna be eating different foods. So there are three different energy systems and it's important to know that they don't act alone. There's a lot of crossover here and the time between each is, is very small. There's a small window. So it's the phosphagen system, the glycolytic and the mitochondria. So your phosphagen system is recruited first. So this only takes like five to 10 seconds. This is your quick burst of energy and you're using ATP to fuel this process. So if you're gonna do a like powerful explosive exercise, you're using that cycle. We quickly transition into the glycolytic, which starts breaking down your glucose. So that's something that you ate before, whatever is stored energy in your body. So hopefully it's not um, the high carb, meal that you decided to eat right before your workout, which is probably sitting in your body and, and just making you tired. But that's the next phase. And then once we go through that glucose, your body starts to require oxygen. So we switch into the mitochondrial phase, which is also the oxidative and aerobic. And this is where you're mostly burning carbs. And this is really, really tricky here, just because there's so much crossover and the energy systems are so fluid. But in general, if you're doing light to moderate exercise, 46, 40 to 60% of your energy is provided by carbs. In high intensity, it's closer to 95%. So that's carbohydrates. Um, when we're looking at protein, this is actually not a valuable energy source, and it's contributing to less than 10%. Good to note. And then fat is actually used in light to moderate activities. Um, mostly. So that's why you probably see like on the treadmill or on the elliptical when they have like the fat burning mode. That's when you're, you're moving at a slower pace. I would not feel locked into that again, but as far as energy systems go, you are recruiting more fat sources. Wow, Lauren, you just explained that better than any of my books I had for my personal trainer exam. Ooh, I think I'm like sweating. That was just so much information. <laughs> Maybe I can actually take the exam now. I think I, I think I got it. <laughs> no, don't you blame me if you don't do well. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really tricky. I, there's still so much that I don't quite understand. I'm constantly rereading this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot. The body is the body is very complicated, and there's so much we still don't know. Yeah, so absolutely. Never-ending learning process. <laughs> never-ending. Uh, then we can talk about what happens to the muscles. So you're breaking down muscle tissue and you're creating tears or micro-trauma in the muscle tissue. And that's just a process of building stronger, stronger muscles. So just the way that you have to recover to get stronger, well, that is your recovery. Your, your muscles are going to break down and you're going to get sore, which is very normal. And then your muscles are going to they're going to be bigger, stronger, leaner, whatever your goal is. So you're, we're using a lot of amino acids here. Amino acids are getting broken down in order to support that process. So that's something to look at when we're trying to replace post-workout. Yeah, um, I love glutamine in that case. And we've talked about before, like that post-workout leaky gut. Um, and glutamine is the main amino acid for healing the um, intestinal lining. So yeah. to prevent that post-workout leaky gut, glutamine's great. I personally take 750 milligrams of glutamine every morning and just take one capsule just because I am under a lot of stress. I work out a lot. Um, I just find it helps with my digestion so much. So mm -hmm. I really like glutamine, but I have to put a little disclaimer in. There is a small percentage of the population that reacts negatively to glutamine. Um, the main symptom people will see is brain fog. 
Mm. Um, I don't, I'd have to look a little bit more at the science as to what the mechanism is behind that. I don't know if it's like a genetic, you know, is it a sniff or something, but just be aware it's, I mean, I think it's like 5%. It's something small, but if you want to play with glutamine, just be aware of that. That's so awesome. I didn't know about that, but again, just more proof that everything is so personal. Yep. So then what else happens? So in, in trying to increase your oxygen to help that last oxidative phase, your heart rate has to increase to help supply oxygen to the muscles. So you have more blood flow, which is going to cause you to start sweating and you're going to lose water and electrolytes. So that's why people are always replacing with sodium and electrolytes. I'm sure you've heard of that, but that's sort of the reason why. Okay, last one, number six, while your cells can burn glucose or glycogen for energy, fat is actually the preferred energy source in nearly every cell, especially in the mitochondria. And that's sort of like the powerhouse energy of the body. Great. Yeah. So let's jump into like how we actually do this. I think to summarize like the basics of all the science Lauren just went through, you know, think of very intense workouts, you know, hit, uh, high intensity interval training, CrossFit, that we can typically do better with carbs versus like the longer, slower pace things like, you know, maybe even running and jogging, walking, yoga, biking. Um, those we do better tapping into the fat for energy. Um, I think that's just keeping it like super basic. But um, again, let's get into like the biohacking piece of it. Number one, we always recommend starting with like real food, go with like nutrient dense, high quality food. We can talk about some supplements too, but we love starting with food as our, our go-to, but you have to consider your goals. So number one, is it fat loss? In that case, you do want to make sure you're consuming enough nutrient dense food that you're, you know, holding off that hunger. You're staying energized through the workout, right? You don't want to be at the gym, like struggling to get through the workout because you're starving. That's not going to be beneficial. Uh, next up, are you looking to build muscle? We know that protein is super important for this. So we always recommend a high quality protein, maybe some amino acids. Whey protein is actually really beneficial for this. And that's why you see, you know, all those like muscle building protein powders, maybe at GNC or whatever, and they're all whey protein because we know that um, whey protein actually gets shuttled into the muscles quicker than like a pea protein or some other form of uh, protein powder which is why I never recommend whey protein unless it's either post-workout. Um, also, we have to make sure you don't have a sensitivity to dairy because yeah. FYI, whey is dairy. I find a lot of people don't know that. So Really? Hmm. So whey is dairy. So yeah, um, definitely keep that in mind. So I wouldn't like start your morning off with a whey protein shake. Not, well, not the time. Well, it's insulinogenic, right? So it can make you yep. less sensitive to insulin and it can screw up your blood sugar regulation. So yeah, I think exactly. post-workout is the best, maybe only time for it. Um, just to add to that, I would like to refer to Charles Polican, who um, is actually no longer with us, but he is an incredible resource for uh, pre and post-workout nutrition, especially if you're trying to build muscle. He has an incredible website um, he has a lot of educational programs, a database with like endless articles on this stuff. So you, if you want to get a little more specific and learn more, look up Charles Polican's stuff. He's my go-to. Yeah. A wealth of information. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, if you're preparing for like a race or athletic event, you know, maybe you do need more carbs, maybe you need more fat, but 
Again, to refer to an expert here, Ben Greenfield is kind of my go-to. Also Mark Sisson for like the endurance things. But Ben Greenfield, I mean, he does some crazy like Spartan races and Lauren, what else? I mean, all these crazy things. But he really knows how to fuel your body. Yeah. Um, so definitely would refer to him and, and he's always looking at the science of, you know, is it better to have carbs in the morning or the evening pre post-workout? Like he's always going over the latest research. So definitely check him out. Okay. So just to summarize quickly, and I apologize, we keep doing this. We just want to make sure that we're being very clear here for fat loss. You are probably going to eat a little bit less, right? But you have to make sure it's high quality food. But if you're going to get into the fat loss, then you have to allow your body to access those fat stores. So that is a completely different goal than building muscle, which does require more food, specifically protein. It's very, very difficult to accomplish both of these goals at the same time. And I'm not saying women that you can you can't burn fat and put on lean muscle tissue at the same time, but I'm, this is more specifically like for men that want to bulk up and really have like the hypertrophy, like build bigger looking muscles, right? Right. I guess that's why there's that typical routine of like slim, slim and trim down and then bulk up, right? They kind of yeah. focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you're right about fat loss. You know, it, to some extent it is about calories. You know, I'm not saying calories from broccoli are the same as calories from a donut, but, but yeah, for fat loss, you do have to have a little bit of a deficit um, with the calories. Yeah. Cool. So that's the food stuff. And then we can also talk about supplements, which can be very, very helpful. They are not the end all be all because think about the word, it is supplemental. You are supplementing your diet. So I don't want anyone to rely solely on them, but they can take the stress away from making these food choices. I think because a lot of us are very busy, we're often rushing to and from workouts and we can't sit down and have like a full complex meal before or after. At least I don't, I have no interest in eating before my workout, but that's just me. But um, the supplements are really helpful if we're, we're really busy and we want to take in high quality nutrition because our food quality is so shitty and we have <laughs> depleted soil these days. So it's really actually hard to get the nutrition that your muscles and that your body needs to recover. So supplements in this case can be really helpful. Definitely. And then if you do want to eat pre-workout, you know, there's a couple things we definitely would recommend avoiding at all costs. So fiber you know, FODMAPs, things that are going to cause maybe some gas and bloating. Um, not, I mean, fiber is a good thing, right? We, we need that in our diet, but not the best thing before a workout. And then FODMAPs, if you're not familiar with this, definitely go online and you can look at low FODMAPs, high FODMAPs. There's different foods and it's just like the chains of carbohydrates that affect that. But that can be really hard on the digestive system before. And then also fake and artificial sweeteners. I don't recommend that ever. Ever, <laughs> um, ever, ever. Like, and we're talking like aspartame, sucralose, and those are in a lot of those like pre post-workout powders and drinks. So just be super careful of those. Um, they cause a lot of gut dysbiosis and they're just bad news. And then so upset. I'm sorry to chime in. I just get so upset when I see that stuff, like, especially at places like Starbucks that are just so accessible and popular. Like sometimes it's everywhere, just like swipe them into the trash, which I'm sorry for wasting it, but stop using that stuff. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. All the, the rainbow packets, right? There's like the pink, the blue, the yellow. <laughs> Ew, just It's gross. Cancer. Sometimes if it's like on the table at a restaurant, I'll take a pen out of my purse and write like causes cancer. 
<laughs> or like, if I see or that, this, I know it's you. <laughs> or this will kill you. Okay, now we'll you know who you. it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think people just don't know, and then I feel bad, so. <laughs> no, right, you're so just saving the, <laughs> saving the planet. Saving the planet one packet at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, stay away from those. Um, all right, what else? So, oh, also excessive caffeine. So um, ca- a little bit of caffeine can be beneficial, but too much causes some digestive distress. So watch out for that in your pre-workout stuff. Um, so what to include if you want to eat before? You know, we say anything that's easy to digest, right? We don't want to have any of that weird bloating gas issue going on at the gym. So protein, carbs, um, Fats, depending on the person, you know, uh, high quality fats are going to be good for brain performance. Your body will even recruit fat stores once the glycogen has been depleted. So fats can be beneficial. And then caffeine, again, there's a lot of research showing that we see, you know, improved performance. There's a lower rating of perceived exertion, you know, less sensation of pain, uh, increase in neurotransmitters increase in uh, reaction time, focus, you know, caffeine does a lot. And so if you can get a, a harder workout in, why not take advantage of that? Yeah, it's great. There are also some pre-workout formulas. We, oh gosh, we recommend, you know, doing your research, ask us what we use. Um, I'll throw one out that I really like that's a clean product. It's called Pre-Train NRG, like energy, NRG. Um, it's from a company called Designs for Health. It's a combination of a couple of things like uh, creatine. There's a little bit of natural caffeine, L-theanine. They have a proprietary blend that they call Peak ATP, which Lauren talked about before, the benefits of ATP for energy. So it's a formula that supports that naturally in the body. I like that pre-workout. Not too many other ones out there, but definitely do your research on that. And then the last thing to include is electrolytes. So I always like doing that pre or even during a workout just because of what Lauren said about sweating, you're losing your sodium and other other minerals. So electrolytes are super beneficial. So I actually do it during or after. Do you think there's a huge benefit to doing it before? Is it too late to do it after? No, I don't. I I, I have not to drink too much before my workout. Like I'm just super sensitive to having anything in my stomach and that includes liquids before. Uh, I'm the same way. Yeah. Now I'm usually just putting the electrolytes in my water and sipping on it at the gym. And then after my workout, if I have any leftover, then I'll kind of chug it down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like my stomach is sensitive to having that liquid, especially when I'm running. And it's funny. I went to this like hot yoga class in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. And when I say hot yoga, it was just outside in the desert. (laughs) That's our version of hot yoga. (laughs) We don't need a Bikram studio here. um, But I brought my water with electrolytes in it. And during the yoga workout, I'm sipping it slowly, trying to stay hydrated. And at the end of the class, the yoga instructor was like, just a reminder for everyone, it's really good to drink all your water before you get to class. And I felt like she was talking to me for sure. And I'm like, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you no. don't want me doing like inversions when I have to pee. <laughs> no. No, you have to take care of yourself, whatever works for you. But yeah, I do understand like she wants to prevent dehydration before it's too late because that is the worst. Like once you're in right. that state, it's so hard to get back. Exactly. So just know your body and know your limits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. So that's all pre. And again, just giving you lots of options here. If you choose to eat post-workout. And again, you do not have to, but here are the foods that you want to avoid. High fat foods, 
in my opinion, this is sort of debatable. People for so long have said high fat foods are going to slow the absorption of getting like the glycogen back in, the proteins, all of those like minerals and everything that we talked about, about replenishing, that it's going to slow that down. Um, I think it's debatable, but see what works for you. Number two, and this is a big one, inflammatory foods. But again, like the fake sugars, you really shouldn't ever be having this. But that's (laughs) sugar, refined carbs, anything that you react negatively to. So it's like if you can't handle ice cream, but you eat it anyways because you love it so much, think twice about it. And then number three is antioxidant supplements. And this is because... Well, a lot of people, I think, take those supplements because we need antioxidants, right? Like people are afraid of too much oxidative stress, but your body needs the oxidative stress temporarily to regulate tissue growth. And it actually does stimulate the production of antioxidants later on. So your body is really smart and it's going to take care of that process on your own. But there's a big benefit from just living in that oxidative stress state temporarily. So save your antioxidant supplements for later. Yeah, definitely timing those is so important. And I think that's a big myth. That that could be a whole nother episode. And Chris Masterjohn has a lot of good information about this, this whole like pathway. And I always remember that commercial with that little girl with the juice. And she said, the antioxidants will protect me. Do you remember that? No, but your memory is (laughs) much greater than my gosh. I like always think of that commercial now. I'm like, yes, they will protect you if you take them at the right time of day. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So on the what to include list, we have our quick digesting carbs to help replenish and shuttle the nutrients into your body quickly. So just as an example, I think this is a great time for like a sweet potato or a banana. And as Renee said, whey protein is great because it is insulinogenic and it shuttles really quickly and it has a high amino acid profile. So that's a great option. Something I used to love doing was like a high quality whey protein with coconut water because it just was creamy, delicious. I get the electrolytes, a little bit of sugar, get the aminos, which brings me to the next one on the list, which is essential amino acids. So amino acids are nutrients that build cells. They support muscles. They can actually decrease fat synthesis. They're going to improve your redox state and they promote energy production. This is like top on our list of pre-post-workout nutrition, the aminos. And then glutamine, which we already talked about, which is a major amino acid, um, which supports the healthy intestinal lining that we spoke about already. And it's great in assisting and healing after injury or surgery because it's going to go in and repair the muscle cells. So your essential amino acids and uh we love Keon. Renee especially is a big advocate for this as a Keon coach. And then lastly, electrolytes, which we just had that short little convo about. These are your basic minerals, sodium, calcium, potassium, magnesium, which uh, debatable, whatever works for you before, during, after, just make sure you're not getting dehydrated. Okay. So who is this for? We always want to include this just to make sure we know that you're, we are talking to you. It's obviously for anyone that exercises, but I think you're really going to, but I think you're going to get a lot of benefit out of it. If you are working out a lot and maybe not seeing any changes, or if you just want to upgrade your performance at the gym and you want to use nutrition to do that because nutrition and exercise are a great pair. Yes. They definitely go hand in hand. All right, Renee, your first step. Tell me about your personal experience. 
what works for you, what doesn't. Yeah, I've definitely have had to biohack this. And what I have learned is I don't do well with like the intense workouts if I'm fasting. So I'm not the person that's at the gym at 6 a.m. after a 12-hour fast. Um, I really do better with maybe something like yoga or walking in the morning fasted, but I can't do much more than that. It'll it'll actually like burn me out for the whole day. I'm just exhausted. So that's you know bad news bears right there. Oh, um, yeah. So when I visit you, I will not be doing any <laughs> crazy workouts in the morning or you won't want to hang out with me the rest of the day. Um, Noted. <laughs> um, I, I have definitely found that my ideal workout time is 4 to 5 p.m., which I'm not alone. I think that's like the majority of people find that. So what I would like, what I like to do is eat a small snack about two hours before. And I do kind of a combination of things. You know, I was telling you, Lauren, my, my favorite go-to is like half a banana and a tablespoon of almond butter. So I am getting like a little bit of carbs, fat, protein. Yeah. I do that two hours before and I'm able to digest it and then fuel my body through the workout. If I'm, if I'm hungry during a workout, it, ugh, it's like such a waste for me. So yeah. just a little bit of fuel. Yeah. And then, but also not eating within that two hour window. Cause I'm also the other extreme where I can just like feel it in my stomach and ugh, it's just not good. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really what I've learned and it, it seems to be working well. And then after my workout at night, that's when I do kind of more of that carb refeed that we talk about a lot. So I'll get in um, more of my starchy veggies. I love like sweet potatoes, squash, maybe I'll do some kind of gluten-free grains, but I always save that post-workout um, at nighttime. That works well for me. Cool. Anyways. What about you, Laura? I'm a little different. Like I can sort of do the fasted workouts, but I also have a different workout schedule than you do. I prefer morning workouts. And a lot of the times I'm waking up and I'll do something just in my living room just to get my blood flowing, get my heart rate up and like, you know, get all those muscles opened up from shortening over overnight. So I'm always in my living room, like doing jumping jacks, squats, lunges, push-ups first thing in the morning. And that's, I'm technically fasted then. So my first like mini workout of the day is fasted. But if I was going to like leave and go to the gym or leave and go to a class, I would probably have something very small because I really don't like to eat before I work out. Um, one, because it's hard for me to focus and things just like sit in my stomach too long. So if I am going to eat, I find a lot of benefit from eating something fat based. So like a nut butter or like something with coconut, or I'll just add like a fat source to like matcha or my mushroom coffee that seems to work well. But if I was going to do something like really intense and it's very rare that I'll go take a class cause I'm just not, I don't really love going to class. But if it was going to be like a, a CrossFit or just something new where I was like nervous about having enough energy, I probably would do something with a carb source, like what you said, like a banana and some fats with that. Um, that seems to work best for my body. So I definitely prefer avoiding pre-workout food and then focusing more on my post-workout because I just naturally am more hungry, which I know a lot of people aren't hungry after their workout. So again, super personal. What I have learned through this process of like biohacking my own nutrition is that using supplements post-workout helps me 
to sort of make better food choices. And it also reduces the stress of feeling like I have to fit into that fueling window. So I used to be in that camp where I was like, oh my gosh, before I stop sweating, like I have to run and get a meal and get all of those nutrients <laughs> back in or like everything's going to be wasted. And like, I have anxiety even thinking about it right now. Like I just was so stressed about it. And it probably wasn't the ideal meal and I was probably stressed. So my cortisol was even higher, but so now what I do, and I found a lot of benefit is to take the aminos and take the glutamine and then get my electrolytes in. And I, I really just like putting all that stuff in a, a protein shaker with water and, you know, it's salty from the electrolytes and I'll talk about my favorite electrolyte at the end, but I just shake that up and I find that that sort of staves off my hunger and it's going to give my body all those, the nutrients, minerals, and aminos that it needs to start the recovery process. And then I have a little more leeway and freedom to leave the gym or where, whatever facility I'm working out in, go home, shower, be relaxed, and then make a meal. And that's probably then going to be really well-rounded, have a high quality protein, have some carbs, have some fats. It's going to have a little bit of everything. But that's what works for me. I'm not going to tell anyone else out there to do that, but I have found that that seems to keep my blood sugar regulated. It prevents me from like crashing and burning after a workout or getting too tired. That will really sustain my energy throughout the day. If I nail that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I feel like that's like a good transition into our favorite hacks. Definitely. Maybe we talked about that a little bit. Okay, because one, and then we'll do the, the long list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my number one is definitely the Kian Aminos, which we've mentioned multiple times throughout the episode. Because they're <laughs> awesome. They I love are. Them. It's such a unique supplement. And, um, and again, this is essential amino acids, not branch chain amino acids. So the BCAs you see often, um, they are different, but the, the uh, bioavailability of the protein from this amino acid product is so much higher than food. So, you know, it's much better than eating eggs, chicken, beef, any of that. You're just getting so much more benefit from it. So I love that. And like you said, it helps me kind of hold off on my dinner. Like I get home from the gym, I'm hungry. And I want to like take 30 minutes to cook my meal with my veggies and my meat and everything. So I'll like mix up my Kian Aminos and it just stabilizes my hunger. My blood sugar keeps me calm while I cook my dinner. And then I can sit down and have like a really great, awesome meal. So that is my number one hack. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to say aminos too, but I guess I already gave away my like post-workout. I just mix it with the glutamine too. And then, um, as far as electrolytes, I love Rob Wolf's company element. It's the letters L M N T. He just came up with this in the last year it's really, really high in sodium, which maybe scares some people. But uh, if you want to know more about it, his website is really detailed and he has some incredible research about why you should not fear sodium and how we actually need more than some people think. But it has all of those essential electrolytes that uh, we mentioned, the potassium, magnesium, um, that you need to replenish from losing sweat. And it really is, is really tasty. It's like a lime salt flavor. It, it kind of tastes like a margarita. <laughs> and I keep saying I'm going to just add tequila one day in the afternoon because I think that's probably all you would need to add. It's so delicious, but that's probably like a good biohacked alcoholic beverage. <laughs> yeah. You can avoid all of those like post alcohol supplements that you need to take to detox. So, but yeah, yeah, so I'm getting, sugar. yeah. 
So I'm getting my like non-alcoholic margarita after my workout. So I just mix that up with the glutamine and aminos and then uh, that sets me right. So just to be different than you this time, I'll say the element electrolytes are my favorite. <laughs> they are very good. And then just blood sugar testing, just to make sure that I'm not dropping, that my blood sugar isn't dropping either before or after, because one, if it dropped before, I would have a terrible workout. And if it dropped afterwards, and that means that I'm probably not doing something right and I have to change something about my routine. So that's a good marker to, to keep in check. Yeah, definitely. Always a good one. Okay. So I'm kind of feeling like we're going to get a lot of questions after this episode, because I'm sure there's still a ton of confusion. I know we threw a lot of science at you, but if you're still confused, read through that science a few times and just check out those words that stick out, like the glycogen, glutamine, aminos, those things that you absolutely have to replenish. But just to sort of wrap up here, you do not necessarily have to have a pre-workout meal and or a post-workout meal. Know what works best for you. Your body's going to take care of itself in terms of recovery. And maybe fasted workouts are going to work for you. Maybe they aren't, but know your goals. Know whether or not you want to lose fat or if you really want to put on muscle, gain muscle. Ask all those questions for yourself. Write it down on a piece of paper and then look to the research. Awesome. Did, did we get any questions? in our Q&A today? Uh, yeah, one I think is gonna be super helpful. Someone asked about supplements. So the question is, supplements are so expensive. If I had to invest in one, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I already said my favorite hack was Kian Aminos. That's a good supplement. I think maybe the electrolytes. I mean, especially living in the desert, I've noticed like I, I have to take my electrolytes every day. Mm-hmm. It really helps me stay hydrated and feeling better. So yeah, I would go with electrolytes, especially because there's, I think there's a couple of really good ones on the market. They're not that expensive. I really like, I do like Rob Wolf's product. I also like Liquid Light by Sun Warrior. Oh, um, even yeah, that's a good one. Oh, oh my gosh, it tastes so good. Some people hate it, but I love it. Um, even like those noon electrolyte tablets, uh, yes. I think they're good. Like if you're traveling and you're on the run, just throw it in your water. I think there's like a, a gram of sugar in that. I mean, it's not, not major, um, but definitely stay away from like the Gatorade and you know, that crap. So yeah, I'm going to go with electrolytes. What about you? I'm curious about how many of our listeners drink Gatorade. We should do a poll. Yeah. You know, my, the orange theory that I go to, they have a refrigerator of either Gatorade or Powerade. I don't know which one, but toxic. It's so toxic. (sighs) I know. Maybe I should put a, maybe I should write a sign and tape it to that when no one's looking kind of like my sugar packet. (laughs) You can just walk around with a Sharpie everywhere you go, leaving messages for people. (gasps) Oh my gosh. You know what? Actually, when I was younger, this is so funny. I just remember this in like high school, when I first learned from mom and dad that fluoride was really toxic. And I think it was Dannon came out with fluoridated water, like water bottles for kids. Oh, no. I would write, I would write on post-it notes, fluoride is toxic and will kill you. And I would go in the grocery store and I would tape the post-its to the bottles. No way. You've been up to this your entire <laughs> life. How did I not know this? <laughs> Game changer right here. Wow. I'm a crazy person, I guess, but no. Uh, no, you're trying to affect positive change. We should all. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. 
Uh, but anyway, so yeah, don't drink Gatorade. I can't wait to see what you do when you come visit New York. I'm going to, I'm going to watch your activity. (laughs) I'll make sure I bring a fresh packet. I have some for you. (laughs) All right. So, uh, just far as that question goes, I actually would probably say aminos instead of electrolytes, but I think that's just because, well, one, I think I can get electrolytes from sea salt. Maybe it's not the best source, but I don't mind putting a pinch of sea salt in my water. But I think the aminos, just because it's so high quality and you're getting like a full protein profile that you would get from food and it's probably not as good as, or the food is probably not as good of quality as the supplement. So if I had to invest, I'd just go all in on the aminos. But can I change my answer? Is it too late? <laughs> well, I don't, I'm, you living in the desert is like a whole nother thing. You really have to focus on the hydration aspect. Yeah. Than I do. So. But you have a good point. I mean, sea salt, that's technically a option. food, right? You know, it's not really a supplement. It's more of a food and yeah, and it's pretty cheap and you get all your trace minerals. So yeah, you probably already have it in your kitchen. So yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I see Both it. are great options, but yeah. Good question. I love the aminos. And we've just said aminos like 57 times in this episode. Oh my gosh. What if people were like doing a drinking game while they listen to this? Well, you shouldn't be drinking, but like every time we say aminos. They would get so big and strong by the end. (laughs) All right, cool. So as always, if you have more questions, you can DM us on Instagram or email us at thebiohackerbabes at gmail.com. I'm sure we will revisit this topic many, many times. So let us know what you're thinking, thoughts, questions, any comments that you have. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast head over to apple podcast to subscribe rate and leave a review we truly appreciate your support until then happy biohacking